0: You may visit our website for more information at sccview.net. Again, that's sccview.net. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful day. Well, good morning, everybody. It is so good to see you today. We're so glad that you're here. I want you to do me a favor. Would you just go ahead and stand with me right now? Because we're going to read a portion of Scripture. I know it's a little unusual for us, but we're talking about the series called Love Is... And the only place in the whole world that defines love is the Scripture. So um, I noticed a couple here that I married a couple weeks ago, we read this passage at their, at their wedding, and so, uh, matter of fact, I, I feel like I'm doing a wedding ceremony when I read this, so uh, would you read this out loud with me, you ready? Come on, let's read it together, you ready? Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. And? Let's say that one more time. And what? Love never, fails. Love never fails. Love never fails. You can be seated. As I share that with you today, I tell you because we're doing this whole series based off of this verse. Love is. We talked about, you know, it starts off, love is patient. Well, I'm not ready to teach you about that yet. <laughs> yeah, I've got to work on that a little bit more. But then we talked about love is kind. And now today we're talking about, the title is, love does not envy. Love does not envy. And I would say this to you as you're, as you're uh, looking at this with me. I would, If you were to ask me, say, you know, Pastor Jeff, what's the number one thing that you see that break up relationships? Is it People with, you know, because people get angry, or, or what is it? And I would tell you that the number one thing that breaks up relationship is envy. It's envy. People begin to get jealous of other people. And so uh, today I have a definition of what envy is, just in case you're wondering. It's on your outline and also on the screen as well. And it says this, envy is resenting God's goodness to others and ignoring God's goodness to me. Did you see that? So in other words, when you're constantly looking at what other people have got or what they're blessed with, and you look at your lack, then, and you forget what God has maybe done for you, then that's, that's where envy comes in the picture at, and it will destroy you. Look right in the Bible. Look what the Bible says in James uh, 3 and 16. Look what it says. It says, For where you have envy and selfish ambition, you will find disorder and what? Every evil, evil practice, right? I mean, when somebody wants what you got, they'll do anything, right? I mean, some people will shoot you over your stuff. You know, some people will break in, some people will break up relationships uh, to try to get your man or your woman. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just crazy what people will do. And a matter of fact, do you know that the first homicide happened because of envy? envy. And that is in the Bible, and this is the story between Cain and Abel. Look at the next verse with me. Proverbs 14 and 30 says this. A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy does what? Rots the bones. And notice that last statement on there. I put this on your outline on the screen as well, and it says, it will eat you alive. Envy will rot the bones. It will make you feel sick on the inside. And our society is filled with envy. It's built on envy. Matter of fact, uh, you know... The reason that you see the commercials on television, what are they designed to do? They're designed to make you want what they got, right? I mean, shoot, every time I see this nice F-150 strolling, you know, I see the Ford commercial, and it's red right now. Red with a little touch of gray on it, little chrome wheels with a little black inside. Can you tell I've been looking, right? See what I'm talking about? It makes me amused. I'm like, Rhonda. Oh, one day, you know, and it makes me want what I don't have, and so our culture is built on envy, it's built on that. So, today, I would say this, I want to teach you, because envious people are always whiners, and I want to teach you to go to a winner. Now, I need your help, so I need everybody to participate, all right? In the seat in front of you, there's a pocket right there, and there's a a little stick with something on that. would you turn it, get it now, and look at it, all right? Okay? Now, some of you have the word whiners on it, all right? And so what's, this is what I want you to do. When I hold up this sign like this right here, now let's see all the whiners. Hold up your stick. Come on, hold it up high. There we go. All right. So when I, when I hold up this, what you're going to do is you're going to give me the biggest crying sound that you can give. You ready? So let's try it. On the count of three, you ready? Whack, whack, whack. All right, there you go. All right. Now listen. Do not nudge the person beside you and say, they got that right. <laughs> don't do that all right some of you here have another uh stick would you hold it up and it should have the word winners on All right so when I hold this sign up you're gonna give me the biggest cheer you can give you ready one two three let's try it yay there there you go you got it so let's just practice you ready here we go whiners winners all right there we go all right okay so you got to help the message today okay so I cannot do this without you. Now, let me just tell you, the first service, about five minutes into it, they just sort of petered out on me, you know? I'm like, like, listen, I do this three times every Sunday. You can hold in here five minutes, all right? Okay, so the first thing I want to tell you is this. So we're going to move from winter, uh, from winter to winter, and here it is. The first thing, would you write this down in order to do that is we have to stop comparing yourself to others. Stop comparing yourself to others. Comparing yourself is the root of all envy. It is the root of all envy. We go right into a story in the scripture where Jesus was telling a story about a man who actually hired some employees. He hired some at like uh, early in the morning, he hired some at midday, and he hired some like like the last hour. So if they got off work at five o'clock, he hired them at four. Okay? And so he hired these people, and now he's getting ready to pay them. And there's a little bit of a confusion that broke out. And so let's look into the story. Look what it says. It says, when the men hired at five o'clock, the, I'm sorry, when the men hired at five o'clock were paid, each received how much? They received twenty dollars. All right. So when the the men hired earlier came there, would you just say these next two words out loud? And let's circle them. You ready? They assumed. They assumed they would receive what? Much more. You see that? So all of a sudden, the comparison game has begun. They begin to compare. And let me just say this word. In other words, they started making comparison. You should never, ever compare yourself to anybody else. You should not compare your job to everybody else's job. You should compare your intelligence to everybody else's intelligence. You should compare your husband or your wife to everybody else's. You shouldn't compare your children. You shouldn't compare anything in life to everybody else's. It's just bad news when that happens. Envy begins to build. And then guess what? When envy happens, evil things begin to happen. You will do things that you normally would not do when envy t- sets in. So we should not do that. We shouldn't do that. I'll say that there's two sins, actually, that begin to happen when we envy. The first one is this. The first one that sets in is pride. Because when you, be- well, when you begin to compare, I mean, when you begin to compare, either pride or envy will set in. And when pride sets in with that says, you know what, well, look, I'm better than them. You know, I'm better than them. You begin to look, you look at people and say, well, you know, I'm better than them. So that's pride, right? Well, envy sets in and all of a sudden you say, you know what, well, they're better than me. They got it better than me. And then all of a sudden you begin to get this jealousy, begin to build inside of your life and Bible calls it envy and you begin to do things you normally would not do. So you should never ever compare. And let me just tell you this. Most people, by the way, when you look at people that are successful, you never know what they went through to get where they are. I read an article uh, this, uh, last week about a man who actually, you know, had was had like uh, three companies and the Fortune 500 companies, and like he was like, I mean, he was very successful. And I was like, wow, you know, what can I learn from this guy? Well, the more you get to read the article, the, then he started talking about his failed relationships, how he's been married at least four times, and instead of calculating his marriages by years, he does it by months, so that he could maybe get in a. De- a uh uh, a double digit like man who wants that and so let me just tell you something most people that you're envious of aren't as cool as they look did you hear that they got issues as well you should never ever compare yourself to other people because everybody in here is an expert in your own field you know that you know we look at people we say you know what? i wish i was as smart as they were we look at doctors and go you know what man you know that we feel so intimidated when we go in right You shouldn't because, listen, if they ask you about your job, they know nothing about what you do. You're a lot smarter than them at what you do, right? I mean, like, they couldn't program that computer, you know. They couldn't make sure that this, you know, that uh, this distribution happens. They couldn't make sure that everybody showed up on time like you have to. They couldn't do all that. reminds me, when I went to a doctor uh, around here a couple years ago, I went in, I had a sinus infection. And I went in and the doctor found out that I was a pastor. I guess they put that on your chart, you know, pastor, you know, watch out or something, I don't know. Uh, so anyways, he goes in and, you know, here I am, I have, I have a bad sinus infection, I can't talk that well. And, but he began to ask me some things about the Bible. He wanted to know. Why? You know, here he is, this man spent his whole life in school, you know, he was an expert in that area, I'm an expert in, well, I'm not really an expert, but I'm, I'm working on it, you know, becoming one in this area. He wanted to know my opinion, you know, so and wanted to know about it. So I got a chance to share. Well, he leaves and goes out of the room, and apparently he has a conversation with a little nurse that's about to come in to administer me these shots. So she comes in. Yeah, I had to have two shots. So she comes in and says, uh, Mr. Dawes, can you uh, pull your pants down, please? like, oh, sheesh. Got to give you two shots. Where do you want them? I said, ma'am, you only got two choices back there. (laughs) (laughs) So here it is, right? No turning the other cheek this time. (laughs) Stay here. So... So she comes in, and so she starts talking to me about some personal issues that she has, you know, and some relationships and stuff. And I just want to tell you something. Do you know how hard it is when someone's holding your rear end right in their fingers, about to stick you, and talking about, you know, giving them counsel? Do you know how hard that is? <laughs> so sure enough, she's at, you know, asking me all these questions, and I'm trying to, you know, I'm like, I'm sort of embarrassed a little bit, you know, my rear end's out, and she's got her hand on it, and, you know, <laughs> And so, by the way, you know, she oh, she said, "Well, that was so helpful, you know." And she says, "By the way, where do you pastor?" I said, "Salem Baptist Church." <laughs> no, I did not want her sitting out here. She said, "Nope, nope." So never compare yourself to somebody else's best. All right. Okay, number two, number two. We don't want to be what? Oh, we got to try that again. I caught you guys off guard. I had you writing at that same time. Let's try it one more time. Come on. We don't want to be what? We want to be? There we go. That's right. All right. I know I had you so messed up with that story. Some Some of you are going to have nightmares tonight about that. Number two, learn to rejoice when God blesses others. Learn to rejoice when God blesses others. Now, this is exactly the opposite of what the workers did that Jesus was telling the story about. Look what it says. It says, Those fellows who worked only in one hour, and yet, were paid, yet you paid them just as much as those of us who worked all day in the scorching heat. Frenzy he answered one of them, I did you no know wrong. Didn't you agree to work all day for how much? For $20. That's right. And then the, I like verse number 15. Look what it says. He says, Are you envious because I'm generous? Notice that. Jesus said this. Are you envious because I decided to do something good? Are you envious because I'm generous? Now, the memory verse I'd like for you to memorize this week helps us do this. As a matter of fact, this Romans uh, 12 and 15, it says this. Let's read it together. It's a short verse. Let's read it together. You ready? Here we go. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. And so we're very good at the last part of that verse, aren't we? I mean, we're, we're very good. And when something bad happens, I mean, like, man, our heart goes out to people, right? I mean, someone loses a loved one, our heart goes out to them. You know, someone loses a job, our heart goes out to them. You know, someone, uh, you know, has a, has a, a divorce, and uh, has to go through a divorce, our heart goes out to them. Someone's child gets in big trouble, our heart goes out to them, right? We, we don't have a problem weeping with people that weep, do we? But we have a real problem rejoicing with people who are rejoicing. I mean, when somebody gets a big bonus on your job, we don't go, Yes! You're the man! You're the woman! No, we resent it, don't we? It sort of ticks us off a little bit. Oh, you got your little angel hat on right now, huh? You ain't moving. <laughs> Not me. You liar! We all have a tendency to do that. Why, why, can we, why is it that we cannot handle when other people get blessed? And I'll tell you, I think it's like this. We sort of all view our lives as like a, you know, the world is being like one big pie. And so we feel like that many times that if somebody gets a, a big slice of pie, that means that our slice is going to be smaller. And so somehow we think, you know, when other people get blessed, that means that our blessing is going to get smaller. And let me just tell you something, that's not true. What I want you to know is that if it is like a pie, if you're connected to God Almighty, you know the pie maker. And so it doesn't matter how big a slice somebody else has because the pie maker can give you a whole pie at any time. Amen? Amen. See, that's the thing about tithing. A lot of people don't say, well, I can't tithe because I only got this much. What they don't understand is is that if you will put what you've got in in the pie maker's hand, he can give you more pie and bless you with all that you need. And that's what many of us have done here, even not only with tithing, but also with our I Will initiative that's going on now. We said, you know what, we're going to put in, the, in God's hands our slice of pie and trust in the blessings with the rest of it. See, here's what I had to move from. I used to live on this scarcity mindset, meaning that, you know, only got this much, only got this much. And what I understood that with God, and this is a spiritual principle, by the way, with God that when you just keep your little bit and you hoard your little bit and you don't let you don't share it with God and his family you know you don't share it the way God asks you to then guess what yours gets smaller and smaller but when you got God on your side and and you understand that God's a pie maker then you don't, you're not worried about that you will give God what he asks for and more why because you know he's got you all the pies that you need coming down the line and when you need a blessing he'll give you the blessing God is that way man He's a pie maker. He's a pie maker. You know, it's hard for us to, bless, to, to rejoice with people getting blessed. Have you, ever, have you ever gotten like something new and then people, when you get something like, maybe you got a new car or something, and people say, oh, I wish I made the money you made. Anybody ever heard that besides me? Okay, there's, nobody's admitting that one. All right, well, that's happened to me. Like, one year, like, when I first started in the ministry, you know, I was a student pastor, and, uh. I made a huge salary, $17,500 a year, that's what I made, for two people to live on, Rhonda and I. I had, I had, you know, and, and I walked into church one Sunday, I had a new suit on. I was so proud of that new suit. I walked in and people, there was people that walked by me and said, oh boy, I wish I had the money you had, I could get me a suit, I need to become a, a preacher. Well, after I punched them in the mouth, <laughs> I wanted to. Now, they, they said, you know, oh, I, w- I wish I had the preacher. I had all the money you have. You know, I, I'd have me a new suit, you know. And people say, oh, I wish I made the money you made. I'd have me that. Let me just tell you something. You know what? That's envious, right? They don't know the story behind that. But, but, yeah, I'll tell you, you know, what our culture does, what you and I do right now. As soon as somebody comes up and compliments you on anything, maybe it's an article of clothing you got on, we automatically go in the defensive zone. Well, you know, I got this at 50% off at some so-and-so so store. Why? Because we can't even enjoy God's blessing. The world has robbed us of enjoying God's blessing, right? I don't care if you paid 100% for it. I don't care if you made, if you paid $1 for it or if you paid $1,000 for it. It's a good-looking shirt. You look good in it. Hallelujah, right? Don't tell me, oh, I've got this 75% off. You know what? Don't justify God's blessing. Just say, God has been good to me. He's blessed me. Hallelujah. And let them think that $10 shirt costs $1,000. It don't matter. Right? Oh, it just gets me. Can you tell that? Oh, oh, oh. we're scared to be blessed. I love it when new cars fall into our parking lot. I love it when cars pull in, they got the sticker on the window. I love it. Why? Because when people drive by, they say, God is blessing that church. You know, if you all drove in here, your windows broke out, you know, dents all in your car, flat tires like this. Do you think everybody want to come here? Heck no, and I'm leaving too. Now, listen, listen, all of us have had to drive those beaters, right? I mean, all of us have. We've all been there before. I'm not saying, you know, if your car is not like you think everybody else are, you're not blessed. No, but I'm saying there's nothing wrong with that. You know, don't let somebody rob your blessing. Don't say, well, you know what? Well, I got a good deal, you know, and this. No, no, just say, thank you very much. God is good to me. You know, he's the pie maker. I put mine into his hand, and then he blesses it. Hallelujah. Now, you're driving with a new sticker. We're going to check your tithe record, though. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Somebody will bring that up. Sure, I'll get an email about that. Oh, I can't believe. I'm just kidding, world. Okay. Here's the other thing I want to say about that. Rejoicing with those who rejoice. What I've learned is that you can share other people's blessings if you rejoice with them. See, when somebody gets blessed, if you give them a hard time about it, you think they want to share it with you? Heck, no. See, like somebody buys one of those green eggs, you know, like that's a grill. I understand. I like it's a real expensive grill, but I heard that it cooks like nobody's business. Well, I don't even grill, and I want one of those. But you know what I've learned to do? Is I've learned that people that have those, if I, if I enjoy their blessing with them, I say, man, I want you to know, I have heard that those things grill steaks like you wouldn't believe. I heard that it's so moist, and I heard it's just awesome. You got one of them? That's awesome. And they begin to say, yeah, man, it's like this. They start telling me all about it. And before you know it, they invite me to their house. <laughs> and they don't even say, hey, bring you on steak. You know, so if you enjoy other people's blessing, they want to invite you to be a part of the blessing instead of giving them a hard time trying to make them feel bad for what God has done for them. Amen? You know, another thing is like golf courses. Some guys and ladies are members of golf courses that are are awesome, and and a lot of people can't afford to be a part of those. And I just want to tell you for the record, if you need somebody to share your blessing with that golf course, (laughs) you just call me, and I'll come and share the blessing with you. Amen? Now, didn't I, so where we learn this principle at more than anything else is in connect groups because we get to listen to people and talk with people. And so I want to encourage you today to sign up for a connect group if you haven't. There's a list in your program already, and on the back of your connection card, you can just write that group name on there that you can uh, enjoy that with us. Okay, number four, uh, three is this. Would you write this down? Be grateful for what you have. Be grateful for what you have. Be grateful for what you have. If you're not grateful, I'm going to let you finish then. Everybody look at me. If you're not grateful, then you'll become a what? But we want you to be a? That's right. We want you to be a winner. You'll, be, you'll become a winner, but we want you to be a winner. That's right. You know, you know how to tell that, uh, that when envy is beginning to set in? When envy is beginning to set in, we always look at others and say this. Why them? Why did they get that? Why did you know? Why did why did they you know uh, get what seemed to be the good husband or good wife? Why did it seem like they got the good job? Why did they get the good car? Why did they get the good house? But you see, when gratefulness sets in, we begin to ask, "Why me?" God, why did you bless me with this? I don't deserve this blessing. Why did you bless me with it? And that's the difference between envy and gratefulness. You see, envy is a very ugly emotion. If we're honest, it's very very ugly. You know why? Because the bottom line is, is that when you're real envious, you really want somebody to fail, don't you? Come on now, look at me. Just, just be honest, just a second. Interesting people in your life, you wish they'd have a bad day. <laughs> you say, You ain't moving or nothing. You know, I want to tell you, there's times I've struggled with that. I mean, like I'm a pastor, you know, so we're always comparing, pastors always comparing churches to other churches, and there are some pastors, oh, every, th- every time you talk to them, you know, oh, attendance is up, finances up, people getting saved, baptized, blah, 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 all the time. I'm like, God, what's wrong with me? Why can't that be the case? And sometimes, if I'm not careful, I'll let envy begin to grow, and I'll begin to wish, actually, that they would have a bad day. Matter of fact, God, won't you let them have a bad month? Maybe even a bad year. See what I'm talking about? It works that way if you're not careful in any area that you do. Look what the Bible says, Philippians 4 and 12. Paul says, I know what it is to be in need, I know what it is to have plenty. Would you circle these next three words and let's read them out loud? You ready? Come on. I have, come on one more time, let's say it again. I have learned. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Where the well fed are hungry, where the living in plenty are in want. So I just want to tell you that godly contentment, godly contentment is what makes you enjoy life and it keeps you from being envious. You become grateful for what you have. And when you begin to thank God for the things that you have, then guess what? It takes your eyes off the things that you don't have and it makes you appreciate them. Listen, some of you in here today, you know, you're in financial struggles and you look at people that are, they're doing well and you go, oh man, if I just had that, but let me tell you something, they may be, they may not have the health that you've got. You know that I'm looking at people right now that all of you are worth millions. Did you know that you're worth millions? Did you know that? You're worth millions. You say, how do you get that pastor? I'll tell you how. It's because right now, I, if I wrote you out a check for a million dollars, would you give me both your eyes? Would you? Would you sell your eyes for a million dollars? Then guess what? I guess you're worth a million then, aren't you? Because you won't take that for it. And so, you know, would you give me your arms? Would you give me your legs for a million dollars? So I just want to tell you that you're a very valuable person here today. And so you need to look at yourself that way. And quit being envious and comparing yourself. And begin to thank God for the health that you got. God has blessed some of you with health. He's blessed some of you with finances. He's blessed some of you with great families. He's blessed some of you, you know, with great husbands and wives. He's blessed us all in different areas. And so we have to be thankful for the way God's blessed us. Amen? Amen, we do. <laughs> Matter of fact, I would say this. If we all got together and we started talking about all our problems and we piled them all up in a pile, I would dare to say that before we left that meeting that you'd go up and get your own problem and you'd leave with it. You wouldn't want everybody else's. And that's the way life is. But envy gets us so focused on what we don't have. And we get, and, and because of that, we forget that, you know, how good we do have it. There, yeah, we're struggling in some areas, but we've been blessed in these. And I would say that the majority, 80% of your life is good. There's just that 20% that's nagging you right now, right? Focus on the 80. Live for the 80. And let the 20 go. Let the 20 go. Okay, so in order to help you do this, I... I wrote this on your, uh, your connection card. There's a next step I'd like you to take. And it simply says this. It says, I will do my best to thank God every day this week for what I have. Would you do that? Would you just try to take some time this week to thank God every day this week for what you already have? Not what you don't have, but what you do have. God, thank you. God, thank you so much that I have air to breathe. God, thank you that I have two legs that I can walk. God, thank you that I have two hands, God. Thank you, Lord, that I have eyes that I can see. God, thank you so much, Lord, that I have a husband or a wife that loves me. Thank you, God, that I have children. God, they're a blessing. Thank you that I have parents that love me unconditionally. Thank you, God, that I have a church that I can go to that cares about me, that I can grow in. Thank you so much, God. Thank you that I have a house over, I have a roof over my head. Thank you, God, that I don't have to sleep out in the rain. Thank you, God, that that I have a car to get around in. Thank you, God, that I'm able to live in America and I can have an education. God, thank you so much. There's so many blessings around you right now that you aren't even aware of that we take for granted. God has blessed you. And the reason that you can be thankful is because every good and perfect gift comes from the Heavenly Father above. And so today I want you to realize that. You're thankful. And maybe, maybe, just maybe, when you leave here today, Maybe a good idea to reach over to the person that maybe if you come to church with someone, it doesn't matter who it is, and just reach over and say, I just want you to know I appreciate you. I thank God for you. Amen? Amen. Okay, so we want to move from being a. to being a. There we go. I think the whiners are getting tired. We're doing our job, right? We're wearing them down. That's right, we're wearing them down. Here we go. Number four, did you write this down? Trust God when life seems unfair. Trust God when life seems unfair. Going back into our story, Jesus tells, He says this. He says, they they protested. These fellows worked only one hour, and yet you paid them just as much as those of us who worked all day in the scorching heat. Let me just stop right here and tell you where envy starts. When you keep using the line, it's not fair. When you use that line over and over again, envy has already made its way into your heart. That's what they were screaming. It's not fair. So Jesus answered Friends, he answered one of them, I did you no know wrong. Didn't you agree to work all day for how much? For $20, that's right. Take it and go. It is my desire to pay all the same. Is it against the law to give away my money if I want to? Would you read this last line with me? Come on, let's read it out loud. Here we go. Shouldn't you be angry because I am kind? Should you be angry because I'm kind? The bottom line is this: to envy is this. Is you got a problem with God? Envy comes down to I know that's the right that's the right hook, isn't it? He said, you know, when we're envious, when we're envious over other people's blessings that other people have, and it seems like we don't have, we got a problem with God because again, God's the one that gives it. And so let me just say this to you today. Let's go right to the source. You're mad at God. But have you maybe thought about this that we have a good God and that God will never bless you, He will never bless you with something that will become a curse? Did you realize that? And other, God, God will never bless you with something that will become a curse to you. You know that's why some people pray, "Oh God, let me win the lottery. Let me win the lottery." Well, Let me ask you something. How you, how good are you doing with managing what you have right now? You see, if you can't manage what you got right now, that you know that that uh, that money that you have maybe maybe it's uh, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 100,000 dollars a year. If you can't manage that right now, why would he send you 10 million? If you're struggling with that, shoot, man, you'd be in jail with 10 million dollars in 5 years. You see, God has to develop your character to handle your blessing. You see that? Some of you right now are going through a struggle, and the reason that you're struggling is because as you struggle, God's developing something on the inside of you. And see, He's developing that because He knows what's coming. See, He's got to get you ready to support the blessing that's coming your way. And so, guess what? And if you just keep hanging on, just keep hanging on, that good, loving God is going to bless you, and then all of a sudden, that blessing's going to come down, it's going to meet you, and when it does, you're going to tell all your friends, God did that for me. You know what? I struggled, struggled here, but I realized God was growing me and now I can handle this and for his glory. Amen. Amen. So I want to share one other thing with you. Um, I think this is pretty interesting because most of the time the envy happens, we begin to question, did God love us? You know, it's sort of like, I don't know, I, I grew up in a sort of a big family and we had all these siblings, you know, and it seems like when my parents seem like they did one more for them than they did for me, i would like, that ain't fair! And I'd question if they even love me. I'd question, I think they love them more than they love me, right? And you, that, you children that are in here that are the baby of the family, we don't like you. We're just going to tell you right now. We don't like you. Why? Because you get more stuff, right? You get more stuff because the rest of us are gone and you get more stuff, so we don't like you, alright? We still talk about how you got more stuff than us. How we had to pay our own insurance, and your, our parents paid your insurance. Okay, yeah, I'm bringing up some stuff right now, aren't I? <laughs> but I just want to say, you know what? Sometimes we compare, don't we? And when we begin to compare, we all of a sudden think that our parents didn't love us as much. At that time, as they loved our siblings, but that's not true. If you're a parent, you know that's not true. There's different needs for different times. There were so many of us that, shoot, you know, our family couldn't afford anything. We was all at home. But by the time we all got out of the house, our family got a big raise. So the baby, you know what, whoo, they had all this money. That's why they could help them. It wasn't a love issue. It was their ability. I'm telling you today, God loves you. And you think he doesn't love you because he's blessing somebody else better than you right now. He loves you. It reminds me of the story I read this week about Emily. Emily was a six-year-old little girl who loved pearls. She had a little fake set of pearls. She was like her little blankie, you know. She kept it with her all the time. She slept with them. And her daddy came in one night and said, "Emily, do you love daddy more than your pearls." She said, "Yes, daddy, I love you more than my pearls." He said, "Well, Emily, let me have your pearls." She said, "Oh no, daddy, can't do that." He said, "Emily, do you love daddy more than your pearls?" "Yes, daddy, I love you more than my pearls." "Emily, let me have your pearls tonight." "No, daddy, I can't do that." He said, "Well, Emily, maybe." Maybe you don't love Daddy as much as you love your pearls. And so the little six-year-old went to sleep that night. She dreamed all night. She got up the next morning. She'd come downstairs. She couldn't wait to see her dad. And so she came come down with a little tears in her eyes. She took her pearls off. She said, Daddy, I love you more than my pearls. And Daddy reached out and he put the pearls in his hand. He walked over to his briefcase, unclicked it, opened it up, and he pulled out a brand new set of real pearls that Emily would be able to keep the rest of her life. You see, sometimes when we forget that God loves us, we want to hold on to the things that aren't helpful to us. When God says, I've got something brand new for you right in here, if you'll just let go of that and receive my love. And so today, what I want to do with you is communion is that we're going to participate in communion. Why? Because communion is a reminder of how much God loves us, right? And if you're here today, you know what? Communion is for Christians And if you're not a Christ follower, we want to invite you to God's family. There's a prayer right there inside of your program. Listen, I'm going to read this prayer to you. Maybe, maybe if you hear it and you say, me too today, then, then God's going to come in and He's going to change your life. Look what it says. It's on your program. You can look at it with me. It says, Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Guide my life and help me to do your will. In Jesus' name, amen. If you read that prayer today and you meant it, I just pray on the back of your connection card before you go, you'll check the box that I pray the prayer to become a Christ follower. I'm going to ask our, our praise team to come out and sing the first part of this song. And as they sing this, I just want you to sit there and meditate. Get your heart right, ready for communion, to receive communion today. Would you do that right now? Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website